Good morning, beloved, and welcome to this week's uh, Bible study. And uh, yeah, what a privilege we have to to study God's Word. No? It's an absolute privilege. Now, in this Bible study, we're, we're going to look at the, the life of Christ and also His sinlessness. So, the life and the sinlessness of Christ. Now, what is the reason for the life of Christ? I mean, if Jesus paid for our sin on the cross... Why was he not sent to earth as a grown man? You know, and then die and then go back to God in heaven. Why did he have to live on this earth for 33 years before dying? These are the questions that we're going to look at this, in, in this Bible study. Before we continue though, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you and just ask you, please open up your word to us. So we can understand the truth of your word and, and find the truth and, yeah, and, and be edified by it and get to know Christ better. And Father, we pray that we will grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Make it possible, please, Lord, we pray. And enable me as your servant to teach your people in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, we've already seen that Jesus came to earth to do far more than just die for our sin. Now, he, he came to, to show us the Father. Uh, he came to set us an example. Uh, he came to be victorious over sin and death and the devil. Right? There's, there's much more. Things that Jesus came to do on this earth is more than just um, dying for our sin. And these things could only happen as Jesus lived among human beings, as he how can I say, he, he became human and he lived among us. So let's take a look at the, the record of the life of Jesus. Do we have a record of the life of Jesus? Now, firstly, we have to say to one another, there's no day, you know, day by day or day to day kind of diary of the life of Christ. It doesn't exist. What we do have is we have the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four witness accounts basically wrote down what they saw. These, these men wrote down what they saw. But we can call them witness accounts. You see, they, they wrote down what they, um, they saw Jesus doing, uh, what they heard him teach. Luke tells us that many people actually kept record in, in Luke chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. But God chose just these four Gospels to be included in the Canaan, in the Bible, in the 66 books of the Bible. Now, even today, many people are writing books about Christ, about Jesus. Now, if we go into some shops, you will see that there are many books, and I'm not going to name names of typical book shops. There are many books about God. There are books about Jesus. There are books about the Holy Spirit. There are all kinds of books. The problem is, they are just books. Uh, and what we must do is, we must still taste those books against the Bible. You see, what God wants us to do, or what God, sorry, what God wants us to know about the life of Jesus Christ is found in the first place in the Bible. And, and what is found in the Bible is sufficiently enough for us to know about. We don't need to know more about Christ and what has been revealed in the scriptures. There's enough for us to believe that he was um, 
born, not the, in, the incarnation that he was, that is God in the flesh. There's enough to to show us that he was a real man. Uh, there's enough to show us that he had a public ministry. There's enough to tell uh, to show us what he did during his public ministry. Uh, we have witness accounts of the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also of the ascension of Christ. So there's enough uh, in the Bible to how can I for us to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we study the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we will find that. Almost half of the words that's recorded are actual words of Jesus himself. See, these words are not just what people remember about Jesus, but they are Jesus' own words. And not only do the Gospels record the words of Jesus, the Gospels also record the works of Jesus, what he did. Now, it's quite clear that not everything could be written down it's not possible john 20 verse 30 speaks about it john 21 verse 25 and so what happened was the writers basically chose certain things to illustrate the life and the works of jesus christ and these records basically shows us that the earthly life of jesus can be divided up in the following um let's say if we look at the life of Christ, we look at the birth of Christ, then his early life, that's the life from birth up to 30 years old, then the beginning of his public ministry, that is, that's including the calling of the disciples, that's another part of his life that we can can see clearly, a division in the life of Christ. Uh, then the time of his popularity, now, when many, many, many disciples followed him, or many people followed him and became his disciples. Right, And then uh, we, we can also distinguish the road to Jerusalem. That means Jesus heading for the cross. And then many, many people left him. And then we have another division, which is the trial and the crucifixion of Christ. And then we have the appearance of Christ for 40 days. And then his ascension, sorry, his ascension into heaven. Those are the basic divisions that's made of the life of Christ. The categories, if we want to call it that, the categories of the life of Jesus Christ, the div different divisions that you can make of, of Jesus Christ's um, life here on earth. Now, what are the, re or the purposes for, what is the purpose for these records? Nah? Why, why do we have these records? Is it true that they are there so that we can learn about the life and the works of Jesus? Uh, lots, I, I put it in a question. It's not a question. Yes, it is, obviously. No? That's why it's there. See, the most important reason is because they prove the truth of the claims of Jesus himself. These books prove that Jesus is the Son of God. They prove to us that Jesus is the Messiah who the Old Testament prophets um, promised would come. Right, so if we read the record of Jesus Christ in the four Gospels and we go back into the prophecies of the Old Testament, we can see that Jesus Christ of Nazareth um, fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. Therefore, he is truly the Messiah. He is truly uh, our Savior. Now, beloved, today many people have strange ideas about Jesus. 
they teach many wrong teachings about him, unfortunately. In, in fact, Paul warned uh, the Corinthian church in the second letter to the Corinthians in, in chapter 11. He says to them, he warns them about uh, another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit that they can receive. But he's speaking about another Jesus. And it's so dangerous to have, uh, let's say, people teaching about Jesus, but what they teach about Jesus is not biblically true. So we have to uh, test every single thing that is said about Jesus Christ. All the ideas that people might have about Jesus Christ, we have to test it in accordance to the Bible. Right? The thing is, we can never ignore the Gospels. We can never just forget about the Gospels because the Gospels is the, how can I say, the best witness account we have of the life of Jesus Christ. You see, they tell us the truth about Jesus. And they, they show us that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. Yes, obviously, each witness wrote from his own perspective, now, from, from being an a eyewitness of the life of Jesus Christ or uh, making, like Luke, for example, who, who got a lot of information together and worked that, uh, those information into uh, the gospel that he wrote. But still, it is accurate records of Christ, of his life. So the next question that most probably can come up into our minds is, how do we use these records? I mean, okay, we've got them. How do we use them? Now, from the very early days of the church, believers read the Gospels. They read the books about the life of Christ, Jesus. And they tried to, how can I say, to apply the teachings of Jesus Christ to their own lives. Right, that's what people try to do. It's important to remember the words of James in chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. And then also Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. Um, James says the following, he says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, we read, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built a house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew the, and, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. In other words, we should not only read the witness accounts about Jesus Christ, but we are supposed to remember what we are looking at when we look at the life of Christ, and then we have to apply the principles that we receive. We have to apply those principles in our lives.
And we should also try to understand the, the lessons which we can find yeah, and what we can seek, uh, how can I say, in, in the Gospels and then ask God for help so that we can walk as Jesus walked. All right. So let's quickly look at the sinlessness of Jesus Christ. We took a, quite, quite a lot of time on the life of Christ, which is extremely important in the records we have. Beloved, remember to, to, to always look at the four Gospels as four witness accounts of the life of Jesus Christ. Okay? And then read it like that. So if you want to find out about a certain aspect of Jesus' life, read all four of the Gospels. All right? Because if you read all four of the Gospels, you're going to get four different perspectives that will actually enlighten that part of the life of Jesus Christ and, and just kind of open it up so that we can see all the truths that is found in the Gospels about that specific aspect of the life of Christ. Right? There are many things in, in the Gospels that, that, that are the same. No? They're the kind of copies. It, it's the same. The words are the same. Everything is the same. And that's how God intended it to be. When God inspired the writers of the Gospels to write it like that, that's how they did it. But there are things that one Gospel would leave out and another Gospel would put in. And sometimes the words is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, the purpose of all four of the Gospels is to be a witness account of the life of Christ. Okay, so what do we say about the sinlessness of Jesus if we talk about it? You see, the Bible teaches us that the devil tempted Jesus many, many times. All right, you remember, uh, especially after Jesus came out of the wilderness, the devil came and he tempted him. All right, and, and we, how can I say, we, we see how Jesus, every time that he was tempted by the devil, uh, turned these um, stones into into bread, jump off the temple, the corner of the temple, all these kind of things. I'll give you all the nations of the earth, all these temptations that Jesus experienced from the devil. Uh, Jesus answered him with the word of God every single time. Absolutely amazing. So, when we look at the sinlessness of Jesus Christ, we must understand that Jesus was tempted just like we are tempted. The difference is, Jesus never sinned, even though he was tempted. You see, if we are just tempted to sin, we're not sinning yet. Right? Except if we, for example, if we lust after a woman or a woman lusts after a man. Jesus said, you've already committed adultery in your heart, which means this is a thought, which means the, the sin has already been formed in the heart. Uh, it hasn't yet become practical. It hasn't yet, how can I say, been um, acted upon. But it's already there. The sin has already started in the mind. It's already there. And that's why Jesus says, um, if anyone lusts after a woman, then he has already committed adultery in his heart. All right, so in that sense, Jesus was also tempted. But the scripture teaches us very, very clearly that Jesus never, ever sinned. Okay, Hebrews 4.15. Jesus never sinned. You see, we believe this is true because there is no doubt that if Jesus had sinned in any way possible, people would have spoken about it. Okay? They would have said it. I mean, how many times have the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes tried to catch Jesus to, to do something that is um, 
how can I say, so serious a sin in breaking the law. And every single time Jesus had such amazing answers. And he never sinned. He never broke the law. Because remember, he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. That's the amazing thing. Now, if Jesus sinned in any way, people would have spoken about it. Uh, and it would have been written down for everyone to know. But Jesus did not sin. That's why it's not written down. Jesus did not sin. That's why he could pay the penalty for our sins. Because he was sinless. The second Adam, and that's how Jesus is also known. Eh? Uh, the first Adam is the Adam in the Garden of Eden that sinned against God. And um, the, the husband of Eve, they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And Je uh, Jesus Christ is the second Adam. And he was completely and perfectly sinless. And he fulfilled the purpose and the plan of God because of the fact that he was sinless. He could pay the penalty for our sin and he could wash us from our sin and deliver us from the bondage and the power of sin. Jesus indeed was perfectly sinless. All right. And, and it's important that we need to understand it. If we have to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we have to know about the life of Christ. We need to know uh, what, what happens in the life of Christ now. While he was alive, what happened to him? Uh, what did he say? How did he do things? How did he act upon certain things? Uh, what was his, his 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 state? You know, his emotional state, his spiritual state. Like these things, we can know through reading the witness accounts of Christ, right? And then we have to know that Jesus Christ was completely, while well, he is still, he's completely sinless, and therefore he could pay the penalty for our sin. All right. Beloved, that concludes our Bible study for for this week. I want to just close in the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you again in Jesus' name. And thank you for the life of Christ that we can just kind of just fly over it and just look at it uh, just a, a little bit. But Father, thank you so much that we have the Gospels that we can read and and study to see what the life of Christ was really, really, truly like. I pray, Father, that you will burn your word into our hearts and enable us to take the principles of your word and apply it in our lives so that you may be glorified in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace, God willing. Until next time, bye-bye.